and welcome to another episode of Pixel Pals. My name is Xanadude, and today I am joined by my good friend, Zach. We have a lovely episode for you today, and we are going to hop right into it. Zach, what do we uh, what do we got going on today? Uh, today we have an interview with Girl Thulu. How was your day, Zach? Uh, dude, I got a bad fucking case of the Mondays. Okay. Oh, man. Speak on that. Speak your truth. So, taking a shower in the morning, as one does, um, there's a bunch of, like, uh, pipe work going on across my whole street. Um, so they're, like, digging up pipes and replacing them and blah, blah, blah. So they're supposed to just be doing the gas lines, and these idiots dug too deep and hit the water line while I'm... Mind you, not not only my mid shower, I'm like mid like scrub, like I'm all lathered in soap. I am soaped up, dude. Did the poopy fall on you? Uh, the poopy did not fall on <laughs> okay. me, luckily. But the water just like just bloop. I'm like, what the hell is happening right now? And so funny enough, my fiance was using the bathroom, so she so she flushed the toilet, and right when she flushed the toilet is when the water pressure went. So I think it was just a really good case of perfect timing. But so I'm just like, what is happening? I'm like, babe, you got to fix the water. I don't know what you did. And we're she's trying to figure it out. And I'm just standing there completely just covered in soap still. So I just said, fuck it. And I only had half a shower today. And it just really set the precedent for my day. And it's just been a Monday from there. You know what the scariest part about that story is? Let's hear it. You're a morning shower person. I learned something about you today, Zach, that yeah? I never thought I would. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a night shower person. I like to shower... Get all clean, get in the sheets, done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my problem is I I sweat a lot at night, so I feel kind of silly getting clean only to get sweaty and dirty again right after, you know what I mean? All right, too much information. <laughs> uh, we are going to be hopping into our segment, so we appreciate you tuning in, and we will be right back. And we're back with our guest interview, Girl Thulu. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, I'm Girl Thulu. I'm a new Magic the Gathering streamer over on Twitch. Uh, I've been streaming for a little over a year and happy to be here. <laughs> okay, so as someone who's played Magic for a really long time, but I don't play like the online version, I was like, I grew up playing it with like my uh, older brothers and things. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite color or combination of play as? Because I feel like this tells a lot about a person. <laughs> <laughs> You'll you'll find a lot from this. I'm a blue and black. Blue okay. black is okay. my favorite so far. Blue is like the like if for people that don't know about Magic the Gathering, That's blue blue is more of like the control, like a lot of spell casting. Like think of like wizards. Um and black is normally like vampires, death, swamp, like things of that nature. And when you combine them together, you get some pretty cool, interesting um combinations but blue is like the control deck and a lot of people don't like like plain blue players because they do a lot of like counters and and things to stop the other player from putting things on um how are you liking magic the arena um i've tried to get into it and i think it's pretty robust system i know a lot of people do love it um just tell me your experience about like hopping into like the virtual side of the game well, it's mostly what I've experienced with magic so far. Um, but I did try it. Hold on, I got another cat coming across. Oh. <laughs> I did try it once, uh, I guess, like when it first released. And I logged into it. And it didn't really have a whole lot to it at that point, And there was no like competitive scene. So I didn't, I didn't think it would be like a good idea to buy cards with it because it didn't have like a, any sort of scene around it yet. Um, but now it's, it's insane. I, I wanted something to kind of scratch that Hearthstone itch I've been having. And, 
this this is kind of fit the bill. It's very I, I don't want to say it's similar because it's not really, but <laughs> Yeah, I was obsessed with Hearthstone for such a long time. I, I love card battling games. Like I've played Hearthstone, Legends of Runeterra, Magic, mm -hmm. the um the weird Skyrim one that they came out, like Bethesda came out ah, with one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've tried Gwent, but Magic the Gathering and Hearthstone were definitely like two that I really fell in, in, in love with. Yeah, um, you fall in love with Gwent? I didn't, not oh, really, man. no. As, as <laughs> much played, as I would have liked to. Uh, I played Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, Dual Arena, whatever the one was mm. on the, the Game Boy. I love yep. that one. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on like the different formats? So I, I haven't played the arena in a long time, but do they have the different formats where it's like modern, standard, legacy, and then commander? They do. Uh, I haven't explored all of it yet because I'm only a couple weeks into it, but they've got standard. Um, they have... Uh, the interesting thing is they also have a mode called alchemy, which if I understand it right, is basically standard, but it's uh, all balanced for online play. Uh, so, you know, you have physical cards getting sent out uh, for standard and they can't update and nerf cards. They can't, um, it, you know, uh, but with alchemy, they can. So everything is is more balanced for standard play. So they have that. They also have commander um i think they have other modes but i'm not entirely sure what all of them are i i've only tried standard so far because i am a i'm a competitive person i i yeah. played 40k professionally so this is this is my jam um and, <laughs> and i definitely think like standards like a lot easier maybe not easier to get into but like that's what most of the people are playing right. and that's what where like the core competitive comes from yeah. i really do think that's interesting with alchemy though because like they can nerf things in like real time like they could just be like well we're gonna change the way that that card works because it's not right. really doing what it's supposed to um so i think that's really interesting I remember yeah. going to like Friday Night Magic and like coming oh, up with yeah. like these decks and going in and just getting absolutely destroyed by people. Did you um, like go to a shop to play? Yes, I, I, I love went to that. A, I went to a shop. I never got into the magic scene and I kind of wish I did. I feel like by the time I had any interest, I felt like it was a bit too late for me. And I was like, ah, I don't want to. This That's old dog, this old dog doesn't want to learn any new tricks kind of thing. Oh, um, That's kind of how it was with me. My problem is I always wanted to go to a Friday Night Magic. I'm 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 from Kentucky and from a small Kentucky town and growing up those those game stores and even now really aren't really welcoming spaces for women in general. Uh so I never really got to experience Magic the Gathering. I tried a couple times, but I had some bad experiences and I just never really tried it again. Yeah. Uh so now I'm like, oh, an online version. I don't have to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no one can no one can gate me gatekeep me away from the internet. So, <laughs> right? um, did you have a similar experience when you played? You said that you played 40k professionally. Um, were mm -hmm. there, um, you know, men in that space that looked down upon, you know, what was traditionally like, uh, like I'm saying this with air quotes, like some men would call it like a men's <laughs> hobby. Oh, definitely. Um, people would assume I was only in it because of my boyfriend, which at the time was kind of true. Like I, I got into it because of him, but they um, they assumed that I only liked to paint the models or anything like that. And then I would go to the tournaments and I would and I would just table them. I actually tabled a guy on turn one at Redstone Rumble. It was amazing. <laughs> but, so, yeah. hypothetically, if Zach has no clue what 40K is, would someone want to explain that? 
<laughs> so uh, Warhammer 40K is a uh, oh Warhammer. Table. Oh, never mind. I got yeah, it. yeah, Warhammer. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, never mind. Never We're mind. Using abbreviations. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Whew, I was like, shit. Like, man, am I really out of touch now? It's like deep, deep nerddom. Yeah, no, 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 no. I yeah. Okay. We're on the fourth layer of nerddom right now. Yeah. We can't go any. See, I feel like I get down to about three and a half, and that's where that's where my nerddom kind of. So like D and D three point five. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Okay. Um. So. Let's talk about, so originally we had talked about like survival games because we were both mm -hmm. into them and you recently had something going on where you are like switching your content over a little bit on Twitch. And as a fellow streamer, I know how difficult that can be. And I know how like emotionally taxing that can be. I was a yeah. Minecraft streamer for some reason for like the first six months <laughs> I streamed. Um, and then I switched to more of a variety. So what did you used to play more of and what are you playing? And I know you're switching to Magic now. Just talk a little bit about that experience if you don't sure. mind. Um, so originally I was a seven days to die streamer and I'm actually partnered with the fun pimps who created the game. So I was definitely deep into that community. Um, and recently this cat, uh, you can't see him it's, on the podcast. They're so cute. They're like smiling <laughs> right now. As you Can say I just that. say the one that you're petting, I shit, you know, it looks exactly like my cat noodle and I'm just uh -huh. living for it. Oh my gosh, this cat has cost me thousands this month. Oh, oh, look at, look at us. Worth every penny. Um, but he, uh, I was very dumb uh, several weeks ago, or about a month ago, and I left a uh, full Panera Bread hot chocolate on my desk overnight. Yep. Yeah, and um, yep. I came in the next morning and I leave my computer on, not anymore, and uh, the cat had, this cat, had knocked it over into my computer and uh fried it <laughs> no so i i lost my pc uh which wasn't an amazing pc but it did what i needed it to do and i i lost uh, i think my hard drives are recoverable so i need oh, to work on man. that but it was all in my my 1060 gpu <laughs> so i ended up buying a pre-built my first ever pre-built uh from nzx i almost turned it off again oh my god um <laughs> I have a bad habit of smacking my PC. <laughs> like, yep, that's yep. a PC. <laughs> there, it there it is. Um, this bad boy right here. This, know, this right? bad mamma jamma right here. Uh, and I love it. Uh, it's a 3080 Ti, all the other fixins. Uh, it's really nice. But um, when I went to go set up my seven days to die stream, uh, I started having this issue that I have had in the past, but I don't remember how I fixed it, where my webcam would pixelate during movement, but my gameplay would not, uh, mm -hmm. which is some sort of bitrate issue, but I've tried everything in the book. I've tried contacting the developers. I've tried with OBS's Discord. I can't fix it. So I thought I needed to maybe take this opportunity to switch up my content because at the end of the day, Seven Days to Die has a bit of a viewership cap. Um, there's not that many people that want to watch it when there's not a new alpha releasing. So I looked around and I was like, I've always wanted to learn magic. And I've got a lot of very big nerds in my community. So I thought they would be, <laughs> I allow backseating for the most part. So I'm just like, yes, help me get good, yeah. please. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started, uh, I, I, did a, a transitionary stream where I just kind of did just chatting because at that point I hadn't really set everything up yet. And it was my first time not streaming Seven Days to Die in about three months. And um, it was kind of a weird stream. And I, I, I was halfway to partner 
uh, at that point. I was um, pushing 40 uh, average, and that stream I averaged nine. And so I was, I, I found out later that Twitch just did not send out my going live notification. Really? <laughs> and I forgot to post in my Discord. It was basically my anxiety took over and nothing worked that day and it was it was valentine's day was when i streamed so that was another factor i'm sure and so i just didn't let it bother me so much but i did take the next day off um but going into magic the gathering itself i have seen a drop um and and that's to be expected on twitch you know people there are people that watch you for you and will show up to every single stream i've i've got people like that um I've got a very good core community and I love all of them. Um, but there are people, mainly, I guess, lurkers that, you know, like your commentary and like you as a person, but they watch you because you play their favorite game and they have you on in the background. And those people aren't back. And that that's fine. Like, it, I'm not offended. I do that too. I have streamers yeah. that as soon as they switch games, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> So I just, it's one of those things where I'm back down in the 20s. I think I'm at 29, which isn't too terrible. I think it's about an 11 CCV drop, um, which it could be worse. <laughs> yeah. But I, my core community is very big D&D nerds. And there's a couple of them that are very hardcore into magic. So I've still got like a strong foundation that I think I can build back from. Uh, and so I've just thrown myself into planning content and I have some really good ideas uh, for like chat D&D adventures that I want to do, um, things I want to have programmed, uh, just a whole lot of stuff surrounding mostly just Wizards of the Coast in general. Yeah. And I think that's like, I mean, I think in the long run, like the cap for, you know, the people interested in those two huge, you know, things right it's like two huge hobbies is magic the gathering and D and I, I i mean i don't want to say that it was a good idea i'm just saying that i think that there's a huge like viewership and people that will like really resonate with your type of content um yeah in those two spaces because you are providing a fresh commentary on magic at yeah. least and you've probably let's it might be a good time to switch to our D, &D talk um how long have you been playing D, &D for since I was four. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. I love that. Definitely the most experienced uh, yeah. out of us. Um, My whole family plays. Oh, that's awesome. I that's, love that. Yeah. That's rad. I actually got into everything. I like. I got into Battletech. I played Battletech with my family. I had family D&D nights. We played board games. My whole family is a bunch of nerds. Love it. I played Pathfinder first, which I think really messed with me because then <laughs> I, I haven't played it ever since. Um, but me and Zach, I'll actually play in a D&D campaign together, yep. although not very often. Um, it's starting back up soon. And I want everyone to say what your favorite D&D class is without thinking too much. Zach, oh, I can God. answer for you. Oh, it, is, it is Paladin. <laughs> Zach has only played Paladin. That's not, true. That. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. I played Barbarian and Fighter and Ranger as well. I just like I think I just vibe with Paladin the most. I, I like I like having the okay. the wide variety of options there. Don't take it too personal. I'm not thinking. Uh, okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right, okay. uh, girl through the. What is your favorite D and D class to play? Um, well, I I prefer to DM. Okay, personally. Oh, that was my nice. answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I had to pick a class that I I have the most fun with, I don't know. I 
I had a fighter one time that I really liked. It was a half-orc yeah. fighter named Urga, and she wasn't very smart, but she could lift heavy things. And so that 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 would probably be my answer. I'm playing a uh, tiefling warlock right now. I just started on oh, Saturday nice. on Curse of Strahd. Oh, we I I DM I DM Curse of Strahd for Zach and our friends, and I made uh, Strahd sound like Borat, which the oh first God. session sounded funny, and then <laughs> realized seven that, sessions in, you're yeah, like, oh. this is a terrible idea. Um, I like to play monks or bards. Those are my two mm -hmm. favorite classes. The barbarian you have right now is freaking stupid, though. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. You broke the game. As oh, no. I'm going to go off script here because mm -hmm. you've played since you were four years old. Like, yes. do you think that your family has like a strong creative bond from that? Like, I just imagine like how close you would be or like how much fun you could have together if you like have that experience like i could never right. imagine playing D D with my family oh, I can't just, just oh because they're not into it but i could imagine how much fun we would have if we did so talk oh, a little bit about that oh yeah that we we had full-on land parties and stuff in my family like age of empires oh. everything um yeah yeah um so my mom was never like into to playing it but she loves making terrain for it so she she would make uh, she helped me make my display boards for Warhammer 40K. She made a lot of terrain and dice towers for D&D. &D. My dad uh, was fairly into it, but it was mostly like my brother and my cousin and me. And then like whoever else we could get to play. <laughs> um, I think I started with 3.5. I don't remember it too well, uh, but most of what I played was Pathfinder. So, <laughs> and then I completely skipped four. Uh, as did everybody else. Yeah. Uh, Wait, there's I, four? Yeah, four was hung no, up. No, I'm just fucking yes. <laughs> during that during that dark time, I uh, explored a lot of other uh tabletop role playing games. So like I I love D and D. I would say my favorite is probably Legend of the Five Rings. Um I like Legend of the Five Rings, Mage the Awakening, uh Trail of Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu. Um I even like not with my family, but Growing up, they definitely helped me with that that creative outlet, which was really nice. It it always felt good to to do that with all of them because it made me feel very welcome, and mm -hmm. uh, I got to try a bunch of stuff without feeling too pressured because it wasn't really something that most kids did in my hometown. Uh, there there weren't very many nerds <laughs> or or geeky types. We we had like one nerd store and it closed down when I was a teenager. Oh no. <laughs> but I live in a, a slightly bigger city now and there's like two dozen here. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, I will say it's a good time to be a nerd these days. I like I just I remember like <laughs> I just I remember like in second grade always like in like pooped on for liking Star Wars and stuff and like i i mean i never let it deter me because like i always really like star wars but i remember being kind of hesitant to get into like a lot of the superhero stuff because i was like well shit if i like star wars oh i was a weirdo my i always say this i said this on the last podcast i went into i don't know what my problem is my first crush was job of the hut <laughs> yeah we love that energy here yeah. Yeah. Jim. Yeah. listen uh this will make you feel good jar jar binks i found out recently uh, has known a woman biblically and I, I have to take that to the grave now, so everyone else needs to know. We are oh definitely living in a nerd renaissance. And I like, love that. This is the I best love it. I'm so glad. And I do have to brush past the Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, oh, no, no. Uh, listen, I'm sorry. I found that out. Because I'm picturing it in my mind now, and I'm having yeah, a really sucks, uncomfortable time. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? Fucking sucks. Um, 
so speaking of your name, I have played Call of Cthulhu once. Um, and I think what there, is that there's, all about? I'm sorry. I, I want our guest to answer because yes, yes, I yeah. played it what once. What is it about? <laughs> okay. Um, basically, I, whoa. <laughs> Hold on. We got a visitor. All right. Go mm-hmm. on. He's switching beds. Uh, oh, this sweet boy. <laughs> um, so Call of Cthulhu and Trail of Cthulhu take a lot of the uh, popular HP Lovecraft stories and turn them into playable campaigns. Uh, the, oh. Most of the ones that I've played have been one shots. Uh, and in my experience, Trail of Cthulhu usually has the better ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's basically my answer for it is if you want to play through uh, a bunch of the very popular stories and they're very intrigue heavy, very low combat. Um, but it, it's very rare. People succeed. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time you spend four or five hours running this one shot and then you all die in the end. And that's <laughs> just how it happens. Sounds like the yeah. campaign one right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really liked call of Cthulhu because of that, like focus on intrigue and like investigation, mm-hmm. as opposed to being like, Okay, we're gonna do a combat. It's gonna take us five hours, and it's then we're gonna do another one right after. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I really it's, enjoyed that aspect. It's a weird transition to bring like D and D players into because it's usually like what I do is I'm like, hey, you want to try this, and yeah, <laughs> and pull them into a, a couple Trail of Cthulhu campaigns, and they die immediately. <laughs> 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 oh man so yeah i have to admit when you said call of cthulhu i was like the metallica song <laughs> like, like that is like that's about as much as cthulhu that i know about i know nothing about hp lovecraft so that's really like that's neat that they have something out there like yeah. now i got like is it i'm wondering like would it be similar in vain i don't know if you've seen um rick and morty now has like a whole D oh, yeah. campaign it like i assume it's like like similar in nature in terms of like oh that's just that. like a rick and morty themed like that's just like an hp lovecraft theme Oh, Thing, that's huh? interesting. I've ran some really weird campaigns before. I've actually run a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure campaign oh. once. Um, and I played in a Pokemon campaign <gasps> where we I was a ghostwriter and I had a ghastly. Oh um, yes. <laughs> Ghastly's one of my well, Gengar is one of my favorite Pokemon ever. Ghastly's so my that. second favorite. Magikarp is my first. I'm- um, that's certainly a choice. <laughs> not, uh, not to flex, but I did just get a shiny Gyarados in Pokemon Go. Just oh. throw that out there for everyone. Ooh. Don't give me that look. <laughs> Listen, I'll play Pokemon Go in the summer like everybody else <laughs> right now. Dude, I just got lucky, all right? What can he say? All right? It's dark out very quickly. It does. Um, what is a video game that you've played recently that is not Magic the Gathering? Ooh. Oh, oh, God. Uh, Eco, actually. Oh, what is that? that- uh, it's a survival game, okay. sort of. Uh, it's a survival game with no death, if that makes any sense. Um, <laughs> basically, it's uh, it's very interesting. It's very in-depth. It's a, uh, you're on a world, uh, uh, sorry, I brain fart. You're on a pre-generated, but sorry, randomized pre-generated gotcha. world <laughs> mm-hmm. with a large group of other players. It's a game that's uh, good in like a group of like, if you can get like 40, 50 people to play with you, it's great. So, you what? know, public servers. Uh, I was in a server with a, a streamer friend of mine, um, and he's he's a lot larger than I am, so he, his community was filling out the slots. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a survival game where there is a meteor uh, orbiting around the world, and you have 30 real days, uh, real life days, to build up civilization to destroy it without harming the environment. 
So oh, you've got to like cool. Yeah. So you've got to like watch your pollution. You've got to clean up after yourself. You got to make sure you don't chop down too many trees or chop down the wrong trees that I produce that. like all the oxygen. You got to watch the ecosystem and make sure that certain plants aren't getting trampled or like uh, certain animals aren't like overtaking because you have a lot of predator and prey. It's very in depth. There's even government. You mint money. <laughs> like that's like very in depth. Wow. It, it, extremely it could get, I feel like it could get crazy with the amount of players though. Yes. And like yeah. try to manage everybody. It definitely seems like a really fun game to play with like a community. You, um, I'm still hung yeah. up on the fact you mint money. Yeah, you can mint and a currency. I think it's so funny because everyone that, uh, like, I know so many people that won't play The Witcher because mm -hmm. they're like, oh, it's too in-depth. Oh, I have to fix my weapons, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, God, you're over here like, oh, you gotta too. make, you gotta, like, pick, <laughs> like, uh, you know, you can't, like, drop your Starbucks cup on the ground. Oh, and if you want a quarter, you gotta go, like, press it yourself. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I love, like, I super love that, like, getting super, like, in-depth with games, which I think is also why, I mean, our fans know I'm a big Witcher guy, and I think yeah. the reason why is because it's so in depth. But that sounds really cool. Like, yeah, what's and, it called? Um, it's called Eco. It's called Eco, uh, E C O. And uh, you also you all have jobs and stuff, but you can't play like on your own. You have to interact with people at some point because you have people uh, people who want to choose the cooking profession, but they need the farmers to grow their vegetables. They need the hunters to get their meat. Right. Uh, and then hunters need butchers to chop up their meat. And, you know, That's you need so carpenters. Cool. I feel like yeah. that'd be a really good game to, like, teach people how to, like, cooperate and, like, you know, take care I of our environment. It's oh. a really good team building. Yeah. Like, I was game. just going to say, like, team building up the... I feel like uh, some uh, certain, like, jobs could use that to, like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, to... Like a corporate <laughs> right. training. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. Like, like <laughs> be great. Man. Um, I think we are reaching a little bit close to the time. Okay. So if somebody enjoyed this conversation, we, we're doing two interviews tonight just because of scheduling. Um, so if someone enjoyed this conversation, uh, where could they find more of your content? Um, I am pretty much on every social media under the tag uh, Girl Thulu. It's uh, G-I-R-L-T-H-U-L-H-U. -H -U. Uh, a lot of people forget the H. I've <laughs> but I'm um, primarily on TikTok and Twitch. I stream Tuesday through Thursday, uh, starting at 8 Eastern, uh, awesome. 8 p.m. Eastern. And yeah, it's better. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone go follow Girl Through This TikTok, at least. That's how I found Girl Through And I've been a big fan of the content oh, there. Thank you. Um, You'll be getting my follow after this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we really appreciated you having, on, uh, having you on. Sorry, I can't talk. And we look forward to kind of seeing how the Magic the Gathering going maybe uh, are you are you gonna ever think about like competing or like getting into the oh, competitive yeah. scene okay yeah i've already dropped a couple hundred dollars on packs yeah that's yeah. that's the hardest part about magic for me is like i i want to go and buy packs when i have no interest in ever playing competitively but i just love that like the act of opening packs even virtually it's so fun i used to buy hearthstone packs <laughs> just to like get a little bit of serotonin it's so funny <laughs> I love that for you guys. Yep. Retail therapy. It's a thing. It, it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much. And we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And we hope everything goes well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good day. Thanks. You too. Hello. And we are back.
Today we are interviewing Ariel, and we're going to talk about a bunch of different things, but I would like to start off with the joy of gaming, because sometimes we get upset with games, me specifically. So, Ariel, we've played Valorant together, and you are probably one of the most positive and like supportive teammates that I've ever had. Um, so how, how do you stay so positive? How do you enjoy games when there's so many people that are trying to take away from your enjoyment? Um, I, well, I think when I play video games, like most people, it's like a, a way of like escaping, like escapism in a lot of ways. Um, so when I am playing video games, I just want to have fun. So that's why I don't play like comp Valorant. I'm very much like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just here to have fun. I'm just going to be goofy and silly. Um, so I just, uh, I just try and yeah enjoy myself I think a lot of my work outside of like in the real world is about like documenting grief and like documenting um kind of like the lives of like indigenous folks in North America or trans folks in North America and it is pretty like sad a lot of the times or like hard so video games feel like an escape from that I feel like especially during the pandemic when I started streaming, when I was streaming for like a short amount of time before I realized it wasn't for me. Um, it was uh, it was a way of like documenting joy, like really focusing on like documenting unapologetic joy in this kind of like way that the art world didn't understand, like a, especially like coming to gaming as like a professional artist. A lot of people were kind of like, what are you doing with all this professional equipment? You should be working on other things. So yeah, playing, uh, just trying to like keep it positive, focus on joy and uh, being silly is like the main focus, I think. Yeah, and we, we love that about you. Um, so I don't know if you wanna talk too much about your work that you do outside of the gaming space, um, but you did mention that you, you know, you are working to document the lives of trans, uh, trans people and Native American people. And I feel like those are definitely two groups of people that are really not represented in the gaming space. So I just do you have any thoughts on that? Do you think that there could be more of an effort by these larger companies, even Twitch, um, to kind of make those people feel more accepted in this space? Yeah, I definitely think there are a lot of Indigenous people who are gaming on Twitch and streaming on Twitch. And they, like, uh, Twitch hasn't really done anything. Uh, November is Indigenous History Month or Native American History Month in the States, I guess. And um, I, I know a lot of Indigenous streamers have been, like, petitioning to kind of get the same kind of representation that other people get during, like, their kind of, like, uh history months um kind of year round so i definitely think that there could be a lot more done i think there could be a lot more indigenous representation in video games period i uh i remember when i was playing through cyberpunk they there was a reserve in cyberpunk which made so much sense because they're in la and um one of the love interests was an indigenous character and like you got to like see their family and like how they were living on the res and how it was like all about community and i thought that was really cool and beautiful other than him being a cop um but it was <laughs> like 
it was definitely like a a moment in like video games where I was just like oh this is like some like representation and like kind of like the realness that comes behind like what it is like to like be on a reserve and like what it is like even if it's like in this like futuristic worlds it's like poverty still exists in those spaces in the same way and um it was really beautiful to see the family dynamics being represented because I feel like that is the biggest part about being Indigenous or being trans is like it's it's all about community it's all about legacy and it's all about the future and like survival and I I definitely think that that's something like developers could take to heart to totally. as they're creating you know characters for their games um you know talking to people that know more than the developers and you know creating like an authentic story um I also just think that developers could do the easy thing to make like making your class like i don't know like games like lost ark or like lost ark specifically um they have you know classes that are locked behind gender which a lot of people were outraged about and for good reason and just creating more options for those people to feel more affirmed in their character as they create them more options for you know different hairstyles or you know different skin colors i think that's something that we should really work towards personally um Zach, what do you what do you think? You got any thoughts? I mean, I, I just I, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I like, yeah, I, people like it was mentioned previous. A lot of times, video games is an escape method. That that's why I play most video games. I want to be able to go and live in the world that I'm experiencing. However, I mean, if it is a game like you know Skyrim where it's an RPG, I'm gonna have a harder time if I can't make the character that I want to make. And like I know Elden Ring's been getting a lot of flack for that as like right now because they're, they're people are kind of disappointed in the character creation of that. Um, which like I mean it's sad. I mean it's it's like I I mean the way I look at it is like oh cool like this game has character creation. I'm not gonna go super in depth and actually make myself because I'm just I'm just gonna pick the first like stock and just go because I just want to get started with the game. But um, <clears throat> no, but like I totally agree. I think that <clears throat> also what you said about like the developers need like needing to sit down and actually talk with the people who know more than they do. Um, I think that just goes for like any form of media too, not just video games. Like people need to actually sit down and have the conversations with the people who experience this as part of their daily life to give the authentic stories and not what we think we like know is authentic. Good. Yeah. So Ariel going to follow that up with, um, do you think that it is important do you think that like a lot of these people want to express themselves in this gaming space they want to have like an authentic version of either themselves or their culture and do we think going forward that's going to be a better option or do you think that there's a lot more work to do i think um it starts with kind of like i feel like representation is great and that is like kind of like where everyone like mind first like moves towards but I feel like actively supporting and uplifting like indigenous devs or trans devs to like work on these things with them is like more important it's not just about like being visibly represented but it's also about having like these stories be told by the people who are living them so and and like a lot of ways and like any other media I think and it, you can see that shift happening especially in like film I think is like one of the biggest media sources where things like that is happening um 
video games is kind of stuck in this like weird place where the world outside of video games still sees video games as kind of like a bro culture kind of mm. space. They don't really see like the nuances of like what, like how beautiful and diverse the communities actually are in video game culture they only see like the surface level like reddit bro (laughs) like in the world um so i think yeah just like moving into like a space where like we move less in a space of thinking of representation as being like the end all of like what we need to diversify these spaces and more be like we need to like uplift people and make it possible for people to feel like they can exist in these spaces because i feel like when you look you don't think it's possible yeah i i'm curious about the numbers of like game devs you know maybe at bigger companies or even at smaller indie companies and i wonder how much representation there is and i'm going to assume um, i could be wrong but i don't think i am that there is uh, a lot of straight white men that are still dominating this space especially in the executive positions like you know in charge of all of the hiring firing and you know creative design so i definitely think that i agree with you in that not only should player characters have more representation in video games but also the industry itself really needs to kind of wake up and get into the 21st century because it still feels like we're kind of living in the past. Yeah, for sure. Especially, and, oh, no, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, and like thinking about like character, like you were talking, Zach, about like building your character. I think a lot about how other people, like racialized people and trans people, often make their characters look like them Mm -hmm. specifically because it takes a lot of work to like love yourself in the world that why would I want to be anyone other than myself even like the little little spaces I think about that a lot actually Mm -hmm. especially when playing Stardew Valley when all of my friends were like little blue characters or like green (laughs) or pink and I made my character like specifically look like me and they were like why do you do that and I was just like I think because like I like love myself and like I I want to see myself in these spaces. Love that. So you are doing some very important work, and I'm definitely something that I think people would lo- love to learn more about. But I don't know if you want to talk about your job. But when you get home at the end of the day, and you know you're experiencing other people's grief, you're documenting grief. What is a game that you can just turn on that brings you that joy? We talked about Valorant earlier, and you talked a little bit about Stardew. But is there a game or like maybe a franchise that you've always loved that has always kind of been that escapism for you? Uh, honestly, it was like horror games. I like <laughs> wow. there's something weirdly um, horrific about experiencing tragedy in like the shoes of uh I'd like a totally different experience than what I like usually seeing tragedy from there's like something really um enthralling about moving through horror and kind of seeing and uh yeah seeing horror in like a different kind of view I also look at horror in like a very theoretical way which is kind of silly like I think of like monsters not as like monsters but as things that have been wronged and seek justice 
and usually when they are like seeking that justice that's when like they do terrible things um and i i see i think a lot of like about trans theory in the 90s like susan striker's work um about frankenstein where she was talking about it like trans women really um taking on that monster role and like running with it because the world already sees us as monsters and we just have to re reimagine what monster or like monstrosity looks like i think that's like a really beautiful way of putting it totally. i would i don't think i would have ever thought about that whenever i've played a horror game i've just been like ah like scared like i can't do horror games Dude, like i know all. we've talked about that <laughs> we've, we've talked about this too before how we just like yeah i i can't do any i can't do horror anything tv shows movies like nothing i am like i'm so like cuddly teddy bear rainbow like unicorn guy like i just i want nothing <laughs> like like a lot of the games i play like aren't scary because i'm like i want to escape i don't want to i don't want to deal with scary shit like no i want to go fight a dragon or something that sounds way more cool than like running away from a scary thing that's gonna eat me i had to play resident evil 8 with the lights on during the middle of the day um and, and i was not able to finish it because i got freaked out yeah i don't know how i finished dead space too that's like the scariest thing i've ever done in my whole life ariel what's like a what's a what's a like what's a horror game that you enjoy that you think people that haven't played horror games before might be into um <clears throat> i think Soma was a really amazing horror game. Oh, I know of that. I've never heard of that it's one. Ter- it's very scary. It's terrifying. You can't fight it's back. Terrifying. You can't fight it's back. All the that's like and hiding. That's that's, <laughs> that's, like, that's the other kicker for me. Where I'm like, if I can't, like, I don't care if I'm just throwing little pebbles. Like, if I can, like, <laughs> like, like, if I'm doing like even the littlest bit of damage, I feel that much better. If I have no weapon other than run, forget it. Have you ever played Amnesia? The Amnesia games. I have played it. Okay. I played Dark Descent for about 30 minutes. Uh, and then I had to tap out because I actually started to cry. Um, like I, <laughs> I genuinely get so scared of those games. I feel like if someone was in the room with me, I might be able to. But like if I'm home alone, there's no way. How old are you when you play this game? I was probably like 16 when I played Yeah, Dark no, Descent. like I mean, like I'm not even like trying to like be like, oh, you, no, you loser. I was, I wasn't. No, like, bro, like it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, nope, can't do it. Like, honestly, good for you, Ariel, for liking horror games, because I can't, like, you're braver than me. But there's a lot of people out there that do. It's oh, like one of, it's one of the most watched categories on Twitch, like horror games, um, like Dead by Daylight is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I I have the utmost respect for people who play those games, because it's watching a horror movie is easy compared to playing a horror game, because you're like immersed in it. Um, is there... Any other game that comes to mind that you think maybe I could try? Um, I feel like the Resident Evil games, I know you said you played Resident Evil 8 and I, that was terrifying, but I feel like it was very scary. It did scare me. And it wasn't even just like the jump scares. It was like when you were just standing there and there was a thousand like werewolves just standing very still and looking at you. Like that was terrifying. It was very ominous. Like they did, they yeah. they played with your mind a little bit in that. Um what what else besides gaming besides work what is some stuff that you do at the end of the day to kind of like take care of yourself to make yourself feel loved um because we're all about self-love here and you are definitely someone that um has been very vocal about 
you know, self-love, take care of yourself. What is something that you do to kind of like unwind or make sure that you stay in a good place mentally? Um, I try to talk to people I love every day. I feel like that's important. I think <clears throat> when I think about like the things that bring me joy, I think of uh, video games as like the like one of the biggest things, and 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 then I think of like friendship. And I feel like during the pandemic, it was like the first time that video games and friendship intertwined together for me it was like the first I bought a PC because I was just like maybe this will be interesting and also playing horror games on PC is way scarier than playing horror games on like an Xbox because you have to wear headphones yeah I agree I agree <laughs> I never even thought of that oh my god oh yes. my god I, ah, it like shifts I'm like the whole dynamic right yeah. now just thinking about this <laughs> um so it was like and I feel like I made all my friends playing Death by Daylight like that's how I like built like my like little twitch community of friends was like through dead by daylight because it was like a perfect mixture of horror that once you got used to it didn't feel like horror anymore like i feel like the first like couple times you play it it feels scary but then it moves into like more of like a silly competitive space where you're like i just need to do better than the killer (laughs) yeah i've i've watched a ton of dead by daylight like some of my favorite streamers are dead by daylight streamers so i like i know a lot about the game but i don't play it (laughs) Um, but how, um, do you still play Dead by Daylight? Um, I, uh, not really. I feel like I really love Dead by Daylight. And then the, like, community was just really interesting to, like, watch and be a part of, especially when I was streaming and then, then being a part of, like, tournaments and it, it is a very queer game, honestly. Like, the, the amount of people who play it who are, like, queer um, or people of color, um, it just feels like a, a game that, like, a lot of people gravitate towards, especially, like, othered people. And it feels um, like those spaces can get pretty competitive in a lot of ways sometimes. I feel that. Have you ever found that, you know, you, you, you've created this network of people that, you know, you've met... I think a lot of us in the pandemic can say that like um, video games, especially like social video games are like a saving grace. Like, oh I don't God. know what I would have done if I didn't have like discord and like meeting people and streaming. Dude, um, if I didn't have Animal Crossing and Warzone at that exact moment in time, I don't know what I would have done like with my with myself. <laughs> um, how how important do you think it is for someone to kind of like cultivate that space around you and fill it with people that you genuinely enjoy or there to support you? Um, because if you look at like the cod bros, like I'm going to, you know, say that we all know who they are, you know, only plays FPS, uh, you know, maybe raging, maybe toxic. Um, I, I just find that like those people may not have those spaces. So do you think it's important for someone to, you know, build up that space of community in an online setting? I, from playing a lot of Valorant, I feel like they do have those spaces. They just don't show it to us like it's not something we have access to and it's like they're cod bros but they're cod bros with each other like they still have that like community kind of like in like a weird kind of scary way no i i (laughs) i I, I, I feel that (laughs) yeah but um so i do think it exists for all of us i just think it looks different like community to community like i feel like the people who i play video games with 
on like a daily basis. They're all um, queer people of color usually or artists. I play a lot of video games with artists who like just fell into video games in this like weird funny way during the pandemic. Like we all just were like, our artists, our whole art practice is usually based around trauma and like documenting it in some sort of way and like trying to like turn it into something beautiful. Um, and my main practice is poetry. So like that was like really what I was doing with my first book when I published it. And I, um, so video games and accessing that with other artists was really interesting because we got to talk about art and we got to talk about all the hard stuff, but then we got to do it while like running around in Valheim fighting little dwarves. I miss that game so much. <laughs> I miss Valheim so much. I don't know why everyone stopped playing it at the same time for some reason. It's gotten, it really was. It was like a phenomenon. It was like February, it came out, everyone played it. And then at the end of February, they're like, well, it's done. But there, it was so fun. I've They've come out with so many updates since then. I really want to re-download it. But I think your I point is important game. that you were able to, you know, unpack things, talk about things in a space where, you know, trolls like you're mm -hmm. running around, you're chopping down trees, you're doing these like little <laughs> meaningless tasks, but you're doing it with people that you love and um, or you're learning to love or you're learning more about. And I just think that's a really beautiful way of thinking of things. Yeah, we don't know each uh, anything of really about each other outside of this. And then you like learn those little bits about each other while getting to know each other. And then um, I think having a very public career in Canada specifically, I, I feel like my career is not super public in the States, but in Canada, like I have a, like a weirdly large profile and I um playing video games with people who know absolutely nothing about me was amazing. I feel like my whole career was being like surveyed, like surveilled by like CBC. Um, and I felt so like monitored in like this weird way that when I had access to video games, it's like nobody knew who I was. Nobody cared about who I was. It was just like, we were playing video games together and I was juicy and it, and I was just like living my bimbo fantasy. Yeah, and, and no one had like any preconceived notions of you, right? right? So like you're going in there with like a fresh slate. You're like, this is who I am. This is not like what the media or anybody has like presented me as. And I feel like that must be like a very fulfilling and like really kind of affirming thing to happen. Yeah, it's like they got to see who I was before caring about what I've done. Yes, totally. I love that. But then after they learn, they're probably like, oh, that's really cool. And it just kind of reaffirms how I felt about this person, that they have morals and, you know, they're doing work that hopefully aligns with how they think about the world. Yeah. And I feel like some relationships didn't work out because we just didn't have the same ideals yeah about things and that's another thing about the internet is that there's like you still have to go through those like breakups mm -hmm. yeah you don't <laughs> really know way. oh sorry i don't mean to cut you off sorry, no, no, but no. you you never know like what someone's supporting you know <laughs> off the screen like I, I say this to people a lot like your favorite content creator like you don't know what language they're using at their house like you don't know what you know preconceived notions that they have about other people and you know, you might never, ever find that out, but to, you know, someone meets you online and then you kind of open up a little bit more about your work. That's like the complete opposite. You're like, oh, I found out that this person's actually a really good person instead of like the extreme opposite. 
Yeah, it's nice to be pleasantly surprised within gaming community, especially since like my view of like the PC gaming community was just like, I was like scared. I was like, this is like, I'm really deep diving into something. I really have no clue what this is going to be like. I remember streaming on Twitch. I was just like, I started streaming on Twitch in the moment of like hate raids and stuff too. Oh, I was just like, I remember being like, this is not for me for all of these reasons. Also, it felt like I was doing, I was playing video games because I wanted to like escape from that stuff and trying to like profit off of it or trying to like, I don't know, make it anything more than accessing joy made it not worth it to me anymore. Made gaming not fun, which is also, I think, why I stopped playing Dead by Daylight because it felt like everyone I knew was trying to like build a like a, a following yeah I, I feel that I felt very industry now it's just like yeah. this is what I'm trying to get out of yeah everyone has something to prove they're either the best killer the best specific type of killer and they just try to like market themselves as that or I don't know I, I do follow like a ton of dead by daylight content creators and a lot of them are like surprisingly wholesome and like love the game and love the community um, but there's definitely some that I found like through interactions with those where I'm like uh, I don't think you're doing this for the right reasons. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it was definitely, I've definitely done tournaments and it was definitely weird. It was weird. And I was just like, maybe this is not for me. Yeah. Um, we are reaching towards the end, unfortunately. Um, is there anything that you want to plug? Is there any, you know, if there's any social medias that you think people should follow you on if they enjoyed this conversation or want to see more than your work? If not, totally comfortable with just passing by the section we can even edit it out uh yeah uh, my instagram is like ariel twist um my twitter is ariel twist my work is obviously just around like grief and joy and trying to make art about my life so it's like very personal and um i think it's I think there's so much beauty in art. So if you like art and want to talk about art, I'm definitely an art person. I am, I very, re, in the late last few years I have, my wife was a fine arts major and I kind of learned through that. Um, but I just, I just, I like a lot of different forms of arts. Poetry is one of my favorites though. So um, I would definitely be down to learn more about that. Um, but, we want to appreciate you taking the time out today to talk to us. Um, and I think we had, you said some really beautiful things really that I think people are going to enjoy. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. It's exciting. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Pixel Pals. We really appreciate all of your support. And if you want to continue supporting us, you can find us on Gmail at pixelpalspodcasting at gmail.com. Uh, we have Twitter, Pixel Pals Pod. Uh, we're going to be starting up more TikToks again. Uh, we've been kind of falling flat with that, so we will be doing that. Um, but again, thank you all so much. Um, we're going to be continuing with our interviews. We have so many interviews coming up uh, all through March and into April, and we are super stoked for that. So uh, thank you so much again, everyone, for supporting us. If you enjoyed any of the conversations tonight, feel free to follow either Girlthulu or Ariel. Uh, we will link their social medias in the episode description. And Pixel Pals out. Pixel Pals out.